Greetings and welcome to another episode of Stanford Cinema. As always, I am your host. My name is Andrew. Joining today, we've got not only a repeat, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Repeat guest. In fact, this will be his first, uh, his first, this will be his fifth appearance. So congratulations to Mr. Nathan Stamper. We've got Nathan back to celebrate his fifth appearance to Stamper Cinema. Hello, brother. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. How's it going? Not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. Just living the dream. This will be the first time you've been back in 2021. So I guess Happy New Year is in order. Yeah. Happy New Year. I haven't seen you in, in over a year. I'm I'm, I'm never stop being you, Nathan. Never stop being you. Never stop being me. That's the plan. Today is also a special day because hopefully you did speak to your mother today because it is her birthday. I did. I did. So funny story. I woke up this morning and I was like, is it mom's birthday or is it Matthew's? And I messaged Matthew. I'm like, hey, when's your birthday? And he's like, March 21st. I was like, Oh, fuck me. And so, <laughs> up on the phone, I was like, hey, mom, happy birthday. And she's like, well, took you long enough. Um, dad forgot too. So there's that. Oh, man. Not ideal. Not ideal at all. Not ideal at all. But I wish her a happy birthday. That gives me points. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Should be, you know, it was a good birthday for her. She was busy all day. So there's that. So, mm-hmm. you know, went by quick. Exciting news within the Stamper family. We got more stampers coming to America. That's right, people. We are infiltrating this country. We we're, we're more volatile than the invasion of the body snatchers. Mm, that might have been an unintentional segue, but you know the body snatchers are a classic horror film, and today we are going to be talking about some horror films. Not only that, but more specifically. We're going to be talking about the best horror films from the year 2020. That's right. This episode, Nathan and I are going to be tackling the 2020, I guess it's 2021 because it's this year, but they're really going to be talking about 2020, the 2021 Fangoria Chainsaw Awards. Now, question for Nathan and the listeners, but more so for Nathan, because I'm literally asking you, are you familiar with one, the publication Fangoria? And two, the Chainsaw Awards. And it's okay if you don't know. I didn't know about the Chainsaw Awards until about a week ago. So I didn't know about the Chainsaw Awards until this evening. Um, And I looked up like the flashback from 1993, I think. But I am somewhat familiar with the publication Fangoria. um, Because I used to listen to this one horror radio podcast back when like radio could be listened to on the internet and it was called Rue Morgue Radio. And they oftentimes talked about Fangoria and a lot of the horror films coming out of the IFC. So mm-hmm. Fangoria is not as much um, well-known, but I, I do know a little bit about Fangoria. Yeah, so basically for the listeners, Fangoria is a like a horror film fan magazine and it's been in publication for the past 40 or so years and it's just kind of evolved over time, but basically, it's to people that are big fans within, you know, within the horror genre. And yeah, they, they put out a really, really great quarterly magazine 
So you can get four of those a year. And by the way, Stanford Cinema is not sponsored by Fangoria, but we would be we would love to be sponsored by Fangoria. In fact, we'll we'll settle for just about anything, quite frankly. But oh, absolutely, we're going to talk about the Fangoria Awards because it is, in fact, award season, and this is exciting. We've got the Fangoria Awards coming this Sunday. We've got the Oscars coming next Sunday. So why not? This is my podcast, and yeah. you know. We've, we have a few more listeners than we did when Nathan was on his first episode. So thank you for everybody that, that tune in. But this week, this is going to be a little bit about Nathan and I. So we're going to talk a little bit about, about the, the scarier films that came out in the year 2020. And it was a fun year. So without further ado, here are the categories. We have best wide release film and by wide release that means films that would have been shown in a movie theater a wide release best limited release which those would have been the films that would have been shown in like an art house uh, theater best first feature so i.e debut films best streaming premiere movie which that would have been a film that would have debuted on shutter or hulu or netflix or something of that nature Best international movie, which I think is pretty obvious what international means. That means movies that were not originally filmed in the United States or released in the United States. Best series. So that is more like a television type thing. So whether streaming or cable television, what have you. Best lead performance. That could be male or female or a they. Okay. It, it just all depends. It could be any, you know, it could be whoever was the starring uh, uh, performance. Best director, director. Best screenplay, best score, i.e. the music. Best makeup effects. Best creature effects. Achievement in nonfiction. And then lastly, best kill. I'm really excited to talk about the Ooh. best kill. Because that Thank was left you. up to the audiences. There were none that were thrown out. So this is just purely based on whatever people saw and whatever people voted in. What do you think, Nathan? You excited? You wanna you wanna you wanna tell people what you're thinking? I am thinking definitely best kill. That's probably the 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 top one because I have I've seen a couple horror films this year. Um and then of course thinking about horror films in general i was like there's a couple of cool kills like overall like in the horror genre so in like the horror genre i definitely think that there's some cool kills like as of this year and last year but overall i have like two favorites from like two and a half decades ago mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. my favorite okay. kill so we can kind of Go on a tangent there. That'd be fun. Yeah, that'll be that'll be fun. That'll be fun. So let's. Well, I, I think maybe we'll we'll do. I don't want to cover every single word. Maybe we'll. Well, I don't know. Maybe we will. I don't know. But I want to start with the the first category on the list, which which is best wide release movie. And I'm going to give you okay. the nominees. We've got the hunt underwater. Gretel and Hansel, Freaky, and The Invisible Man. Nathan, did you see any of those five films? I saw The Invisible Man. Okay. What'd you think of that? I thought it was interesting. Honestly, when I first watched it, I thought it was a cool nod to H.G. Wells' 
film and book of the same title, as well as it reminded me very much of Hollow Man with uh, Kevin Bacon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know how how deep I want to get into it because, of course, people who, who are listening might actually find it interesting. But, you know, it's definitely more than meets the eye in terms of, okay, Dune is invisible. What does one do with basically being undetectable? So I always thought that was an interesting concept. And then with the the film, how he he kind of stages his own suicide. Um, and you know, he's he's kind of a psycho scientist. He's he's able to kind of have full reign of of doing some pretty uh interesting things <laughs> to say the least. Um, which is why it reminds me of Hollow Man more so than the original story of the same name. Uh-huh. So I thought that was a, an interesting, I thought it was an interesting film. Um, now with that film, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty cool. I thought the execution of it, of how like you can kind of see the dude's breath every now and then. I thought right. that was pretty cool because usually when you're invisible, like that's it, you're invisible. But I thought a, a pretty interesting thing was, you know, you could see his breath depending on the temperature of the room. So I thought that was probably my favorite special effects. Yeah, there were some really good special effects. I enjoyed that movie. And as memory serves, that movie came out like right before the world shut down last year. I think it was, I think it was released in like February of last year. It, it had a pretty good run in the box office and then, you know, theater shut down and yeah, over the course of the year, then it was you know, released to HBO. And that's when I finally got my hands on it, but loosely based on, you know, that, that HG Wells, sorry, Yeah. Loosely based on, yep. on that story fun interesting take on the way that they did it elizabeth moss is the the lead yeah. actor or actress rather in the film and she carries it yeah so that is one of one is one of the five nominees for best wide release because you saw that movie is that the movie is that your prediction do you think that's the movie that's going to win is that your is that your take that that's my hot take considering the fact that um I have not really seen any of the trailers for any of the other films, nor really heard about the other films. Right off the bat, I'm thinking Invisible Man. So I saw two. I only saw one more. And granted, I wanted to see Underwater and I wanted to see The Hunt, but I haven't gotten to either of those. But I did see The Invisible Man, which I mentioned, which I thought was really well done. And, And Freaky, which I don't know what you know of this, but basically... Freaky is um, loosely based on that the familiar story of Freaky Friday, where two people, you know, like switch bodies. And oh, okay. in this way, in this one, a teenage girl switches body with a serial killer. Oh, and there, there's some there's some fun humor. Vince Vaughn is in the movie. Very, very tongue in cheek movie, but also really, really well done. That sounds interesting. It, it, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, it's available. I think like on video on demand. Of course, if you've got if you live in a town with a video store, it's available for rent. You know, it's on Blu-ray, DVD, what okay. have you. But Vince Vaughn is in this movie, and then a couple of younger younger actors that are in this film as well. But because I saw that film, I'm I'm torn between Freaky and The Invisible Man. Part of me is like, okay. right, who I think is going to win, and the other part of me is like, who I want to win. And in this case, I don't know who I want to win, but I think I think it's a toss up. I think it's a toss up between those two. There is a pretty cool death scene in that film. Um, I don't know if it's the one that you're talking about, 
but the one I thought was kind of cool was um, I don't know how how deep we want to get into it, but it was uh, it, it involved um, the the main antagonist and uh, I guess two police officers slash sheriffs. I guess I don't know if you remember if you if you know what I'm talking about. If I, if I talk vaguely enough, wait for freaky. No, for Invisible Man. Okay, I'm like, wait, I didn't think you saw that. Uh, two, so the, I'm trying to think of the. I don't know if you can consider them sheriffs or guards. Oh, okay, I, okay, all right. I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was a pretty cool death scene. That was a good one. The one that I'm going to talk about yeah. later on. I, I don't know if I mentioned it or not. Is the the restaurant scene, which is okay. Which uh, I'll, I'll I'll replay the video for you, so you'll get you'll yeah. get something out of yeah. that. Please All do. Right. Yeah. So therefore, I think, so we're both going to go ahead and say the invisible man. That's, that's our prediction. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Visible man that Nathan and I are going on record. The invisible man Locking is going to win for best wide release. Moving on to the next category. There's best limited release and there are a couple of great movies in there, but for the sake of time, I want to go from best wide release to best streaming release, but I'll, I'll just, again, for the categories, okay. best limited release, you had color out of space. Um, I don't know if you saw that movie that, that stars no. Nicholas cage at his Nicholas cage. just freaking crazy. Oh, wow. uh, wild. Oh, very Lovecraftian. So it's available okay. on shutter. And I think you may still have my login for shutter, but um, color out of space, very Lovecraftian. I think you would enjoy that. And then nice. okay. a really, really good bloody as all hell movie called Possessor. And that also okay. is uh, definitely something worth a lot of other movies, The Dark and the Wicked, Relic and The Wolf of Snow Hollow. But I wanted a single out for the listeners, Color Out of Space and Possessor. So we've got those two. I think it'll be between one of those two. That's just my take. Okay, got you. All right, best streaming pick premiere. So this one was really hard for me because I saw one, two, three, four. I saw I saw four of the six nominees, and here are your nominees. You've got Anything for Jackson, The yeah. Beach House, His House, Host, The Mortuary Collection, and Run. And this one is really tough for me, Nathan, because of the fact that I really enjoyed The Beach House. I really enjoyed anything for Jackson. I really enjoyed okay. the mortuary collection. And then there's host. And if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me talk about host over and over and over. So <laughs> I think, I think I'm leaning toward host just because of the fact that it was the most 2020 film ever. I mean, it's a movie that's all done on a zoom call and it was done during the pandemic I've had the opportunity to speak a little bit with one of the screenwriters for the film. I love it. I love it. I love it. I, that that's my take, but I won't be offended or I wouldn't be like, I won't be irritated if any of those other movies that I mentioned were nominated. Did you have a chance to see any of those films? So once you said his house, I thought I did, but no. Um, once once i saw his house i was like is it so i just i just looked it up once you said it and it's not it's it's based in a house but it's not not his house so no to answer your question (laughs) sadly um but if but if we're going to the next category which is best international and i saw one that i know is going to win like i could i could probably bet money that it'll win 
Okay. Okay. Well, we'll get into that, but I do want to take a second and highly recommend, like if, if you're listening to this and you're like, ah, maybe I'll watch, you know, a couple of these movies, the streaming premiere category is so good because the mortuary collection does a great job of blending real good scare, like real good frights with some really good comedy. It's more of a, like an, um, what's the word kind of like, a, I don't want to say a sketch horror. It, it, it's like creep show. If you ever saw, uh, if you ever saw the movie creep show, basically there, there are like four or five little tiny stories that are packaged together and, yeah. and, you know, each, each little vignette is just so great. And there's some really good stuff. Anything for Jackson is kind of a, uh, a nod to, uh, I want to say The Omen, but maybe that's not the right movie I want to use. Basically, it's uh, the story of a couple grand- grieving grandparents that partner with the devil to try to bring back their grandson. So they kidnap a girl uh, that, that's pregnant and try to recreate the you know that that kid. But of course, you know, when you when you partner with the devil, things don't necessarily go as well as you want them to. I saw that. I saw that. Oh, did you? Good film. Yeah. Good film. Once you just started describing it, I was like, wait, no, I saw that. Great film. Yep. Yeah. Phenomenal. So I don't know. Maybe that's your pick. Maybe that's your pick. My pick is host. And maybe your pick is anything for Jackson. I mean, they're they're really, you know, it's really, really good. And of course, the beach house, I thoroughly enjoy. There's only four people in the whole movie. And it just goes back from bad to worse. And it's just a really well done, mm. low budget indie film. And it is bleak. It is a bleak movie. But again, with a very small budget, very small cast, but it yeah. it, it it sinks its teeth into you. And uh, maybe maybe there's a, you know like uh, I, I chose those words intentionally. I don't know. I don't know. But here we go. Best international movie. We've got Baccarat, Blood Quantum, Impetigore. La Llorona and Sputnik. So we've got those five films. Now, Nathan, have you had the opportunity to see any of those movies? I saw Sputnik. Did you? What yes, did you think of Sputnik? You posted it on your Instagram page, and I was like, I gotta check it out. Phenomenal. Yeah. Freaking phenomenal. Yeah. Um, it, the weird relationship is just, oh, it's sick. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I, uh, so again, it's just a movie. I, I rented this movie because I think it's available for streaming, maybe on Hulu. I, I think, I think that's where it's yeah. like, I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but I was blown away. It's a Russian movie for the listeners. And so it's all in Russian. Of course, you can, you can, you know, you can watch it dubbed, but it is, it takes place in 1983. And essentially these cosmonauts come back to earth. One's dead and the other has a an alien essentially living inside yeah. inside him and so the like the russian government bring on this scientist to kind of figure out everything that they can but then you find out there's like the yeah. symbiotic relationship between yeah the the cosmonaut and this alien but there's some really interesting parallels that they that they try to uh, they bring between the scientist and this astronaut as they develop their own kind of bond and you've got yeah. this very haunting, haunting score, but it's beautifully filmed. I mean, 
the production value in this movie is unbelievable. And I, I don't, I, I don't know what the real budget for this movie is, but it looked like it was a, it looked like a Hollywood film. It looked like it could have been yeah. made by, you know, um, your, your Steven Spielberg's of the world. It looked incredible, but I don't, I don't, I don't know the type of money that Russia throw out in, in film. So I, I don't know, but yeah. And this was the debut film of the, of the director. This is the first thing he ever did. And I'm curious just to see where this movie goes, but I love this category. I loved Baccarat. I thought that movie was great. I loved Blood and Quantum. I loved uh, La Llorona, which I think was nominated for a Golden Globe earlier in the year. But Sputnik was one of my favorite films. I mean, it just of the year in general. I thought Sputnik was freaking incredible. I'm glad that you enjoyed it too. Oh, it is. I enjoyed it. Um, I only, I mainly only watched it because I saw your Instagram post, like I said, and I was like, huh, I'm going to try. And, you know, I was like, huh, right off the bat, that's kind of cool. But I think the tagline was something like, um, you know, sometimes you don't come back home alone or something. Like that. It was like something, mm-hmm. it was something like that. And I was like, huh. And then like, as I started watching, I was like, this is a weird sort of symbiotic, like venom type relationship. I kind of mm-hmm. dig what's mm-hmm. going on. And like you said, the parallels between the, the, I think it was a neuroscientist, I think, or something like that. Right. Some sort of like scientist and yeah, the, the cosmonaut, like you were saying, it's, it's a good film. Um, I even think people who don't like horror would love this film because it's a gripping, suspenseful film. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I can't, I can't uh, like sing its praises anymore. I mean, it is, I think like I, I posted something on Instagram, uh, Instagram, like this movie is fucking perfect because it is, it's yeah, just it is. a really, really good film. So that's my hope. That's what I'm, that's what I'm, you know, again, any of the other movies I'd be happy, but Sputnik, I think, is a movie that people will look back on. Like, did you see this 2020 film, Sputnik? Yeah. It's a low indie budget Russian film. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. We are moving on. So we've got best series. And this, this might be something maybe you have a little bit more. Admittedly, I look at these categories and I didn't see much of these, but we're going to run through the best series. So the, uh, the nominees are Dracula. Okay. The Haunting of Bly Manor, Hellstrom, yep. Lovecraft Country, and What We Do in the Shadows. Okay. So off the bat, the only one that... So I've got really good reviews from Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country, but I only saw um, Bly Manor. Was that any good? Did you like Bly Manor? I did. I enjoyed it. Yeah. The weird, the weird thing is, there's two Netflix series. One's Bly Manor, and then there's another one that's very similar, but isn't as scary. Mm. And I can't remember the name of that for life me. And so, um, I got confused and watched the first episode of Bly Manor, and then I watched the uh, episode two of the other the other show that's very similar to this one. I'm like. Where the fuck are these characters? <laughs> I was like, what is going on? And then I was like, oh, this is a completely different show. So, but I did enjoy Blind Manor. Yeah, I, I'll have to go back and take a look at that. The only show, now granted, I was familiar with the the movie, What We Do in the Shadows, but I've, I've never seen the show. But 
Lovecraft Country I saw, and I really enjoyed that. I don't know what you know about it or if you were able to see any of it or, you know, but for the, for, for the listeners that, that haven't seen it, basically it's this, this TV show that takes place in the 1950s Jim Crow era. And, you know, so you're dealing with a lot of, a lot of like racial tension and a lot of segregation and all the, you know, you've got all of that, but then you add into it some very Lovecraftian, you know, uh, alien uh, monsters and things like that, which brings it, brings it a little different complexity. And now the, the heroes in this are, you know, they're all black. So it just gives, it gives it a different, just a different take on, especially now based on the conversation that Nathan and I had, which we, we know a little bit more about, about Lovecraft, that he was not, not uh, so yeah. much a, a fan of um, the African-American community. No. Yeah. 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 But Crazy. I enjoyed that show. So. Okay. Was yeah. Jordan Peele a part of that? I believe he was. Now he was not, he was not the showrunner. The, the showrunner was Misha Green. But I okay. believe that Jordan Peele does have like a producer credit. He may have helped bring the money into it. Yes. Yeah. I know he had his foot in the door somewhere. I just didn't know exactly what part. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've got individual performances, like best lead and best supporting, but there are a shitload. There's all the nominees. I don't oh, necessarily yeah. know if we need to dissect every uh, performance, but. Just to say, we've got Jim Cummings from The the Wolf of Snow Hollow, Sope Derishu from His House, Jeremy Gardner from After Midnight, Heston Horwin, Dead Dicks, Martin Ireland, The Dark and the Wicked, Carla Jury from Amulet. I just rented Amulet. No, I didn't rent Amulet. I rented something else. I'll I'll bring that up. Um, uh, Tamara uh, Lawrence from Kindred, Emily Mortimer from Relic. That's why I just rented. I just rented Relic. Uh, Wunmi Musaku from His House. Elizabeth Moss from The Invisible Man, Invisible Andrea Riseborough from uh, from uh, Possessor, Alec okay. Saccharino, Amulet. By the way, these pronunciations that I'm doing are probably completely butchered. So, listeners, if you know these movies and you know these actors, and I'm fucking up their names, I do apologize. I'm just trying to read through this. We've got one hour, okay? I'm trying to get through this. Bear with me. It's the, um, the Bermudian in you. It, it, yeah. And then lastly, we have somebody by the name of Vince Vagin. No, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Um, so a lot, a lot of names. The three that really stand out to me, well, four, and one of which I haven't even seen is you got Emily Mortimer from Relic, which, like I said, I just rented that. I'll be watching that once we get off. Elizabeth Moss from The Invisible Man. Andrea yeah. uh, Riseborough from Possessor. And Vince Vaughn from Freaky. So those are the four four that I'm leaning into just because I I know the names. And I think okay. so much of this is going to be based on the the fans who voted. And I think those are the four most popular names. But if I'm leaning toward yeah. anybody to win for best lead performance, I think it's probably going to go to Elizabeth Moss. That's what I'm that's what I'm okay. thinking. What do you think? You have any you have any leg in the fight here? I mean, I can agree with you. Um, you know, um, Vince Vaughn is is a more of a household name, though. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, I, I and will he's, say and he's hysterical and freaky. Oh, he's funny. Him. Yeah, I have yet to see Freaky, but I, I like once you said Vince Vaughn, I was like, okay, it's going to be a good film because 
you know, he was, he's been in quite a few, you know, funny films like Wedding Crashers, um, Old School, The Internship, and then to see him in more of like a, a horror film, I'm like, that could work. Yeah, he's a badass. That could work nicely. Yeah. Really? Uh, okay. He, I'm going to give the edge to him though. Yeah. Uh, he starts off as the serial killer, but then he switches in that Freaky Friday thing and he becomes the, the high yeah. school girl. And it's really funny to see okay. Vince Vaughn and all six foot fucking six of him playing like yeah. a like a teenage girl, which is really, really funny. Wow. That sounds awesome. All right, here we go. Already. Best supporting performance. We've got Xander Berkeley from The Dark and the Wicked, Clancy Brown from The Mortuary Collection, Will Forte from Extraordinary. That's another movie that I just rented. And that's, I think, is going to be a bit more of a comedy, but okay. with a morbid kind of taste to it. Brie Grant from After Midnight, Udo Kier from Baccarat, Alice Krieg from Gretel and Hansel, Stephen McHattie from Come to Daddy, which is a movie I've heard a lot about, but I know nothing about Come to Daddy, so I feel bad that, mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't seen all these films. I've tried to do everything I can, but I, you know, there's only so much time. You've got Robin Nevin from Relic, Julie Oliver Touchstone from The Dark and the Wicked, Misha Asha Rovich from Freaky. She plays a teenage girl, but she becomes the the serial killer in Freaky. Okay. okay. And then lastly, Vanessa Williams for the movie Bad Hair. And I, I wrote down two names. Clancy Brown for the Mortuary Collection because he's freaking just glorious in the Mortuary Collection. And then Misha Asha Rovich from Freaky. Okay just because she's a badass in that movie. So that's what I've got. I don't know if you if you have any ideas or predictions for that, but I'm curious. I, I really don't. Um, based off my limited knowledge of those films, um, most likely because I'm off tomorrow and Friday, I'm going to binge them. Mm-hmm. And then maybe, uh, <laughs> you know, once the, uh, the podcast airs, I can quickly like type in, oh, I think this is going to win. In the comment section so I can get ahead of the game. <laughs> yeah. But other mm-hmm. than that, my my money for you know lead role is gonna be is Vince Vaughn and then um their supporting role. I, I couldn't tell you, to be honest with you. And I don't wanna it's take all good, a shot. Man. That's okay. You know, we are obviously experts in in uh, the Fangoria Awards. Uh we both found out about it a week ago and yep. uh we are we are whipping up a a prediction show two days or three days before the actual event but i'm excited i'm gonna be watching and i'm making i'm making a little dinner i'm gonna i'm gonna have a bottle of wine by myself okay and um and and turn on shutter because the the fangoria awards are going to be on shutter tv sunday night at 8 p.m eastern so uh the next category next two categories are two of my favorite normally but i'm just gonna just run through it real quick. Best director doesn't matter. Lee Wenell, uh, Lee Wenell, uh, who directed The Invisible Man, is up for best director, and Lee also wrote the screenplay for The Invisible Man. And I'm just going to go with that one. I, I, I think The Invisible, well, I think The Invisible Man cleans house on screenplay and director. The movie looked perfect, and I think it was written very, very well. So I'm just I'm doubling up on that movie. Okay. Uh, best score. This pisses me off. Not because of the fact that I don't think the ones that are that are listed aren't worthy, but I'm really, really bummed that Sputnik isn't isn't nominated because I, I thought 
the piece that they use in that movie is just so good. But the movie yeah. Possessor is nominated, and I think that the the score in the movie Possessor is really good. So I'm going to go with that. Again, a couple of these. I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm getting into it, you know, just kind of quick for the sake of time because I really want to get into the best kill, which is. I think the meat and potatoes of this episode, we've been chatting for 45 minutes and let's get into it, but uh, best special effects. You've got best makeup and then best creature for makeup. You've got freaky mortuary collection, Gretel and Hansel random acts of violence and possessor. And for makeup, I think it's a toss up between the mortuary collection and, uh, and possessor, but okay. I think the makeup in freaky I don't know. I, I guess with a couple of the kills, I guess they would have used some makeup in there. But what they, I, I think the Mortuary Collection just overall, and then Possessor, which is available on Hulu or, you know, um, Blu ray DVD or whatever. If you want a movie that's bloody as all hell, then you need to check out Possessor. It is bloody, it is gory, it is done by, um, David Cronenberg's son, I believe, is who. So if you ever saw the 1980s Scanners or The Fly or Videodrome or uh, Dead Zone or a myriad of other films, he has a son who is making movies as well. And that would be Brandon Cronenberg. And uh, yeah, so... Brandon is keeping up in his father's footsteps by making very, very gory movies, but it's a really, really well done, heady, heady, heady film. Very, very, very weighty, but definitely worth a watch. But that's my take for for makeup is either Possessor or Mortuary Collection. Now, Best Creature Effects, I think, is kind of fun because you had some, some good ones on there. You had Amulet, which I haven't seen yet. The Wretched, which I haven't even heard about. His House, which was nominated for a couple things thus far. Come Play, and then Color Out of Space, which that's my prediction for for, for Creature because the uh, the creatures in Color Out of Space are really good. So, but anyway. Even more than Sputnik. See, this is what, again, they, they don't get everything. They don't get everything because I think the creature in Sputnik was a really, really cool alien i thought it was neat and yeah. i love the idea that it kind of it, it expands when it's out of a human you know yeah. like when they when they show yeah. internally it's like a versus embryo sort of thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah all right the last two nominees we've got achievement and nonfiction, and they've got a lot of you know they've got cursed films they've got scream queen leap of faith Blood and Flesh, the Boulay Brothers, and then they got the Last Drive-In with Joe Bob. And I don't care what anybody else is, whatever else is nominated, it's going to the Last Drive-In with Joe Bob, just because that is the coolest, the coolest program on television. And if you don't know the Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs, you might actually be able to see uh, (laughs) him right behind me. So it's kind of obvious who I'm rooting for for this one. So, all right, here we go, Nathan. The category that we've all been waiting for. Best kill. So Nathan, a lot of characters died on camera. 2020 was a rough year. We were all stuck indoors. You know, obviously a lot of horrible things happened, but cinema is that element of escapism. And 
2020 gave us a lot of films and a lot of films with some really memorable death and kill scenes. So I've got a question for you. Do you have a favorite kill scene from the year 2020? And perhaps maybe you've got a favorite kill scene from any year in years past. I do. I do, actually. So the one film that I was expecting you to list off, or at least the streaming one wasn't even on there. And that is um, my favorite film of 2020. And it's called uh, Books of the Blood. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you're familiar with that. I'm not. So um, I'm going to go off, off a quick tangent if that's Please. okay. When, this is when your, this is your, yeah. uh, your, your, your time to shine, my friend. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you uh, one thing. When you, if I ask you who's your favorite horror author, who do you say? My favorite horror author? Yeah. Admittedly, I don't I don't read as much horror as I probably should. So okay. mine is the obvious and it's the goat as far as I'm concerned. And that's Stephen King. Yeah, exactly. So my favorite horror author is um the very much underappreciated uh Clyde Barker. And okay. Clyde okay. Barker, yep. That's my Stephen King. So Clyde mm-hmm. Barker has done some really crazy films. His cool film, Book of Blood, is really like just in your face. There's a lot of twists and turns. And the death scene that I'm going to be talking about isn't it it isn't really a, I don't want to say a quote unquote not a death scene, but he dies in such a way where he's still present, but he's like been shunned by um the entities that possess him. So he's not even alive anymore. Um to not like go too to in depth. I mean, well, it's talking about a death scene, so I guess spoiler alert. I guess. <laughs> uh, you know, long story short, it's a dude who is a medium for spirits, and you know, it turns out that he's not what he's cracked up to be, and you know, the real spirits actually um, manifest on him and in him, and he becomes a shell of a man where he's essentially. His body is present, but he's just projected into a different plane altogether. And that's probably my favorite death scene of 2020 because he kind of deserved it. And it's a fate, in my opinion, worse than death. Um, as a lot of Clive Barker, you know, characters that are unredeemable, their fate is even worse than just being shot in the head or eaten by a zombie. <laughs> like, you know, that's, and that, that's probably my favorite kill. Yeah. Books of the blood. Books no, of the blood. No. I'm going to look into that. I'm going to look into blood. that. Yeah, cool. It's Thank you. Phenomenal. Yeah. Cause it's, it's two intersecting stories that really have nothing to do with each other. They're so inconsequential, but the way he makes them crisscross, you're like, Oh shit, that could have, could not have happened if that didn't happen. And it's just, it's so phenomenal. Um, and that's my favorite kill of 2020 is not even a true death scene, but a, um, I guess you could say a spiritual uh, killing. Okay. <laughs> that's my favorite. Okay. I love yeah. it. I love it. So Nathan, do you want to hear about my favorite or my favorite kill scenes of 2020? I would love to hear about your favorite kill okay. scene. So the first one is relatively early in in the movie freaky in fact you can go to if you want to see it there's a website that if you uh if you go into like best movie best movie deaths of 2020 Mm -hmm. death by wine bottle 
Okay. You can you can probably find it. I, I think there's a website, What Culture, and I think it's ranked number okay. nine on their list. Nice. But essentially, it happens early in the movie Freaky, where you've got these teenagers. They're they're having a party at this guy's house. Yeah, at one of the parents' house, and this kid goes into, I believe, like the wine cellar or whatever, and you know he's trying to get okay. trying to grab drinks or something, and. He, he makes a comment and then he's like yanked back on a sofa and this killer grabs a bottle of wine and literally shoves it straight down his throat and just pushes it further. And you just see this bottle of wine going down somebody's throat and then he like breaks the bottle uh, in their throat Jeez. and just like explodes. <laughs> it, it is Vince Vaughn. Man, it's Vince Vaughn that does that. It is freaking hysterical and gory and gnarly and all sorts of not okay but it definitely sticks with you and that might not even be the best but that's like my favorite Uh, there was a there was like a wood shop murder that anybody that ever saw ferris bueller's day off the 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 actor that plays cameron he plays the wood shop teacher and he has a, a not so so pleasant death with a uh, with a saw, and uh, oh, okay. so the movie the movie has fun with deaths. So I will be shocked if if that doesn't if if you know if that isn't one of the winning scenes. Uh, the other one that I loved, which is again in the Invisible Man, and I'm not even entirely sure the Invisible Man is my favorite movie, mm-hmm. but there's this great scene where Elizabeth Moss is talking to her sister and they're in the restaurant and they're, you know, Elizabeth Moss is just literally just talking about how, how her ex is still alive and he's stalking her and nobody believes her and her sister and her, they're kind of like at their wits end. They don't necessarily really trust each other. Well, uh, Elizabeth Moss, Elizabeth Moss's sister doesn't really trust her and she's going on and on. And you see the shot where, Elizabeth Moss's sister looks up kind of like confused and there's just this knife like just like dangling in midair nobody's holding it and then it immediately slashes her throat and then immediately goes into Elizabeth Moss's hand like that she killed her and then everybody looks and Elizabeth Moss is holding holding this knife and it happens in an instant and then you just see all this blood spewing from her sister's neck and it is again gnarly and shocking because you don't see that coming. You don't see no. it as an audience. You might think that maybe the sister is going to die, but you certainly don't think she's going to die in a social setting like that. And just a snap of the fingers. And it's just so perfect. Yeah. yeah it was just so, uh, what's the word? Like unceremonial. Like, yeah. You know, like, yeah. Like, like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Uh, insane was a really good word. Yeah. It was, it was pretty awesome. Um, you know, 2020 has definitely been a, a year of, of watching films, both new and old. Um, would you like to hear an honorable mention from like 1992 and 1979 of my favorite deaths? This is the best part of the show. We're going to talk about our favorite on-screen kills. Yeah. So I don't know if, like this film from the... I, before I put my foot in my mouth, let me just make sure this film was 1992. I want to say it's 1992. I'm so, I'm so sorry. No, you're 1994, fine. 1994. So it's such an, it's such a weird death because it makes no sense 
Um, have you ever seen the film In the Mouth of Madness in 1994? Nathan, you and I talked about In the, in the, Mouth, of Mon- uh, in the Mouth of Madness. On one and- we did, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, I love yeah, so. I love John Carpenter yeah. films. Yeah, and um, Sam Neill, uh, Dr. Grant, is, is probably one of my favorite actors. Um, and the death that I'm talking about from that film is early on when they're talking about Sutter Kane and his publicist, who became crazy, smashes the window with an axe, jumps on the table and is like, do you read Sutter Kane? And then, like, I think three policemen just like put rounds in him, like no questions asked, just pop, 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 but done. That's like my favorite death of 1994 because I, I watched the film the other day. I was like, this is awesome because it was just so out of the blue. So funnily enough, the 1979 film that I was talking about is actually from 1985. And that is the George A. Romero uh, Day of the Dead. And oh, I'm yeah. Sure, yeah. Um, I don't know if you, do you want to take a, a stab at which uh, death scene I'm talking about? <sighs> I haven't seen Day of the Dead in... In Donkey's Ears? Yeah, in Donkey's Ears. <laughs> so I watched this three days ago, and I was like, oh, dude, this is the best kill, period, in my opinion. So you remember the sergeant, how, like, crazy he became? Mm-hmm. And how he killed the scientist who Bub the zombie, like, had a uh, special bond with. And this kill came when the zombies were overrunning the underground compound and um bub follows the sergeant who's running away and shoots him in the stomach and so the sergeant turns around opens up a door and there's this he's met with a bunch of zombies and they start tearing him apart and he's like i hope you choke on it and he's like getting literally torn limb from limb and Bum, Bub's little last act of defiance is, and, and Bub's the, the zombie who, you know, is actually intelligent, like salutes the sergeant, uh, which was like a nod early on in the film. And it was just a really well-deserved death, basically. And I, I enjoyed every second of it. It was like, oh, this dude's a dick and he's getting what he deserves. Like they tore him up. I know what you're talking about. I man, I need to go back and just do a Romero, like, dead rewatch. I've got Dawn of the Dead, the original, like, on VHS. I've got Night of the Living nice. Dead on of course. on um, on Blu-ray. But Day of the Dead is one that I haven't seen in, okay. in a minute. But it was also really film. good. That was really, really yeah. freaking good. I don't, like, my, my favorite kill is so, like, tongue-in-cheek stupid and ridiculous but it goes back to it goes back to army of darkness and (laughs) it's it's when ash is back in like medieval times and he's finding out that he's stuck there he's like no i need to go today pronto right now and like this cauldron is pulled over and then (laughs) this this woman has like become like a deadite and and She's like, we'll steal your soul. Yeah, and, I remember that. And she's just going on. She holds like this cauldron up. And he he just with his shotgun, he's like, yo, she bitch. 
let's go. (laughs) And it becomes like this weird, like shotgun kind of like almost choreographed, choreographed, like Kung Fu type thing. And it's just like mass hysteria and chaos. And he shoots her a bunch of times and seemingly with never ending, you know, ammunition. And, and then, you know, um, just shoots her. She falls over. And then she she gets up and starts charging him again. And then he holds a shotgun over his shoulder, fires it, kills her. And he does like this, like calm, cooling shudder. It is channeling his chi. Yeah, it's channeling his chi. It is the most ridiculous fucking thing in the whole world. Mm-hmm. But it's so funny and it's so hysterical. And that's my favorite kill. Yeah. That's a phenomenal kill. I love it. I love every second of that film. Yeah. Every every second of Army of Darkness is because you have Evil Dead, which is one of the greatest horror films ever, and then you have Evil yeah. Dead Two, which is a slightly funnier version of Evil Dead, but still yeah. every bit as perfect. And then you roll out Army of Darkness, which is just a just kind of slapsticky horror, and it's not even a horror, but it's just like a slapstick zombie i don't even i don't even know like how i don't even know how you frame army of darkness because it's not a horror and it's and it's, it's a not horror com. traditional comedy yeah but it's somewhere in between like it's you more know, comedy than horror <laughs> yeah it's like <laughs> hey you have a rom-com it's like a horror com mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you were a fan of the art uh, the uh the evil dead series right oh yeah you know to the point where i even started watching um the show the the dead or the evil dead i think the show is called i you know i only saw the pilot like uh ash versus whatever versus whatever yeah, ash versus evil dead i think is what it, yeah yeah i never I, I i i think i yeah i i say that i that i saw the pilot i'm fairly certain that i saw the pilot but that was it yeah it was it was pretty good i watched like a couple episodes and then i just kind of fell off um i think the novelty was lost because of course you're so used to seeing Ash as like a a younger gentleman, and then of course it's cool to see him progress. But you know the the novelty of um, you know Army of Darkness, I don't think really like transferred over to the show. It was still it's still a fun show to watch mm-hmm, from the mm-hmm. episodes that I saw, but it just you know it didn't hit as hard as you know Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, and Army of Darkness, in my opinion. Right. Right. Any other ridiculous kills that you can think of or like whether good, whether scary, anything else that that sticks out? Yeah. So, um, you know me, I love my vampire films and probably my favorite death scene in terms of a vampire film is actually from the film um, Blade 2. I don't know if you're familiar with Blade 2. With Wesley Snipes. Yep. So I don't know if you remember the scene where um, they go down to the blood club and the, the parasite vampires are all over the place and priest actually gets um, bit and infected. And um, was it Reinhardt or, or Reinhammer? Bait? No, it was, uh, it was Ghost, the, the Japanese dude with the katana. His name is Ghost. And the dude's infected. The parasites kind of coursing through his veins and he's, he's turning into like these this weird parasitic vampire as opposed to like the traditional vampire. And uh, Ryan Hammer is like, ghost, put him out of his fucking misery. <laughs> and we just see this katana just slash through him. And 
his body turns to ashes and his head, like part of his head, like this much of his head where you only see his like eye and part of his brain just falls to the ground. And all you see is like him just like looking around, like where's the rest of me? And it was just so weird <laughs> and kind of funny at the same time. <laughs> Cause he's like, you know how you like looking around, like where, where the fuck am I? Like he's just like, where, where is it? And then, you know, he gets like, I think the head gets pushed into the, the sun and he burns, but that, that's a, that was an interesting, fun and kind of gory death considering like the dude priest, like, was just trying to do like help the like the vampire club people out of the club and then he gets infected and then slashed in the face and that was a pretty outrageous kill that like oddly reminds me of i don't know if did you ever see the movie 13 ghosts i did with monk with monk yeah with monk (laughs) monk horror horror film legend monk um where where that guy gets sliced in half with like the like with the glass door and like his like like half of him just like slides up slides down yep that's a good one that was pretty gnarly that was it that was a good kill scene um yeah i have to agree with you there was a movie called Cube in the late nineties wow. where something similar happened. Do you do you, do you are you familiar with that movie? I am familiar with Cube. There was a lot of parallels between Cube and Thirteen Ghosts. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I am familiar with Cube. Are you are you talking about like the beginning, like the the first dude who got killed in Cube? Well, all I remember is somebody basically their entire body was like gritted and then just yeah. kind of like falls apart, and that yeah, was that pretty dude, freaking yeah. gnarly. It was. Um, and that reminds me of the Resident Evil film with um, Mila Jokovic where like they're mm-hmm. going down into the hive mm-hmm. and like the lasers. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same thing. Same thing. All right. Shit, now I want to think of other comedies that if there are anybody... I mean, you've got you've got the O'Doyles in uh, the Billy Madison movie where they all go off O'Doyle. freaking cliff. <laughs> they're chanting it as they're going down the river. <laughs> That's a good kill. Um, that could be a good. That, that might a, be that might be one. I don't know. Another good one is um, Christmas Vacation the Cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is good. This honestly might be better than talking about fangoria um but honestly i'm excited about these fangoria awards it'll be the first time i've ever seen one and nathan it's been fun just kind of chatting about the upcoming nominees and then to reminisce about some of our favorite just ones that you know we haven't done any research you know I'm, i'm sure there are countless kills and memorable deaths that i'm forgetting right now but nathan this has been fun man of course, you have a good night and we'll have to uh, catch up on Fangoria. Sounds good, sir. Bye-bye now. Right. Peace, love, respect. Listeners, thanks again for listening to another episode. We will be back next week. And as always, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that fun stuff. And you can find Nathan as well. We'll talk to you later. Bye, everybody. Bye.